Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports from Essex Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. There's only one highlight that should be played on this particular day, and it belongs to the voice of Vince Scully. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. A broadcast legend describing a legendary moment of another playing legend. Ben Scully describing home run number 715 for Hank Aaron off Al Downing, fourth inning, Fulton County Stadium, April 8th, 1974. With that, we bring in the outstanding Bob Nightingale, such a great friend of the show. Bob, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, I told, uh, I've always told Ben Scully that, and I know Ben from my days of covering the Dodgers. That's still my favorite call of all time. You know, that, that the call of Hank Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I agree because in an ad lib moment, he captured a lot—not just the home run, but also the feeling of it along the way. Uh, so, so Bob, for you, put into not only what Hank Aaron meant to the game. But what also Hank Aaron may have meant to society because of what he was able to do in the game. Yeah, you know, he became more popular every year. You know, I go to the Hall of Fame induction every year, and just to, you know, the ovations got, you would always get the loudest ovation of anyone. Uh, Hall of Famers were all congregated by him. And he would, he would start to speak his mind. I sat down with him, and I was looking it up today, it was 2014. And he was disgusted with the way the world was going and how uh, Barack Obama was running the obstacles with the you know, Congress and everything else. Uh, and just kind of said, hey, you know, let's wake up, America. What's going on here? And then I find it, you know, very ironic that, you know, he, he passes 
you know, just two days after, you know, a, a new president and historic vice president, you know, is alive to see that. But he, uh, he has almost become our modern-day Jackie Robinson as far as, you know, Jackie Robinson enduring all the racism, just like Kate did with the, uh, uh, the home run record. And then for a while, he was kind of, uh, uh, you know, a recluse, uh, you know, after he retired, even though he worked for the Braves and stuff like that. Now, I think it's Bud Sealy who kind of got him to open up more and start sharing his uh, views on life, and he just you know, he became just more and more popular, you know, every single year. I only had a chance to meet and interview him once, Bob, and it was 1996 when he came here to Penn State, threw out a first pitch at a Penn State baseball game, then I had a chance to really sit down and talk with him. The intelligence of the man really struck me. I mean, look, I, I mean, I watched him play. I knew what a great athlete he was and so forth, and he played the game smart. But it was just how intelligent he was on a wide range of subjects. Yeah, very much so. I mean, he kept on top of everything, particularly uh, particularly politics. Uh, yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, you, you know, he, he knew everything with the politics, met with the uh, State of the Union, you know, dinners and things like that. And uh, uh, very sharp guy. And he, you know, he kept all his letters too. He kept hate mail from the, uh, the yes uh, uh, Ruth Chase. And I asked him why. He said, just open up once in a while and kind of remind myself that hey, things have you know, as much as that time has gone on, some things haven't changed. And uh, he would keep those things in his attic and still look at them from time to time. Well, it's interesting because I did tell somebody uh, a story today that uh, I, I it turned out it wasn't football this time. It was basketball I did down at Tuscaloosa uh, a couple of years ago. And we'd gone in a couple of days early. So they're practicing it over Coleman. And I walked over to Foster Auditorium with a friend uh, because we wanted to see the spot where George Wallace stood in the door. I mean, you realize, think about it, Bob. This is what we talked about. Hank Aaron hit that home run 12 years after that, not that long after that. So it was very fresh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the things he, uh, the things he endured, and even when he talked about politics, you know, uh, you know, up and up until you know recently, you'd always he would still get hate mail, and the Atlanta Braves would get calls, hey, tell Hank to you know be quiet about things. So yeah, it it, it is amazing. You know, like you said, it's. It, not that long ago, and uh, you know, I, I do find it very uh, ironic that you know he passed away two days later after a uh, you know yeah. a presidential election, the first you know woman vice president, and then, you know woman of color. So uh, let's get into Hank Aaron, the player. Uh, I believe he was the last Negro League player to be promoted to the majors, but Mickey Mantle and Duke Snyder and Willie Mays were all in New York in the fifties. Mays, of course, was the consummate five-tool player, and he's playing in Milwaukee. How much was Hank Aaron for a period of time overshadowed by, for example, a great player like Willie Mays? I think he was. You know, and I know there was talk, and I never asked Hank about this or Willie about this, but it seemed like there was a little bit of a rivalry, <clears throat> maybe some, uh, not animosity, uh, maybe some jealousy, like, hey, wait a minute now, you know, look at my numbers, what I'm doing year after year. And I know people have argued, hey, who's, who's the greatest living ball player? You know, is it Hank? Is it, is it Willie? Uh, but you look at Hank's consistency, it's mind-boggling, you know, with, with what he was doing year after year. Uh, I think Hank 
across America is more popular than Willie. I think when Willie passes, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, there'll be more uh, outpouring of love and support in San Francisco than there is Atlanta for Hank. But, you know, particularly because Hank played so many years in Milwaukee. But I do believe as far as America's outpouring of support, I, I think, you know, I don't think we'll ever see uh, a baseball player, maybe even an athlete, you know, getting this kind of love. And then there's one other part to this that is rarely talked about when you talk about the two, but I want to bring it up here. We all know that in the World Series in 1954, Willie Mays made that phenomenal catch and then throw off the bat of Vic Wirtz. Yet when you look at it, Willie was not a great postseason hitter. Hank Aaron, he may have only been in three postseasons, but was always a great postseason hitter. Yeah, in the uh, God, I saw some stat. Oh, some stat on the uh, somebody put out today in that he hit seventy-two home runs off Hall of Fame pitchers in his career, by <laughs> far more than anybody else. So it didn't matter who was pitching. I mean, he was that he was that uh, great great of a player. So I, I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, because he was over three hundred in the fifty-seven, fifty-eight World Series against the Yankees, which they won the 57 title. And people forget that the first ever National League Championship Series, it was always the Miracle Mets, the Miracle Mets, the Miracle Mets, and justifiably so. But they beat the Braves in three straight games. Uh, Aaron homered in all three games. It wasn't his fault, and he had two extra base hits in the other in the, in other at-bats that he had. So, I mean, that's just the way he was. I mean, phenomenal. And he and Ernie Banks may have had the quickest, strongest wrists in baseball, too. Yeah, and the thing about uh, Hank Aaron, too, is, uh, you know, these players like, you know, Dusty Baker, uh, you know, Robin Young was saying, um, Brian Jordan says he signed with the uh, Braves just because of Hank Aaron. Just uh, taking guys under his wing and, and molding them into uh, great people. Uh, uh, you know, I may be wrong, but I don't, I don't remember other Hall of Famers or Willie Mays, you know, people saying that about uh, those guys. But Hank, it's like everybody's coming out. And, you know, Bessie Baker has said to me several times, and said again today, that no one's more influ- influ- influential in his life besides his father, you know, than Hank Aaron. Yeah. What kind of defensive player was he? Because he played right field, and that was an era where Roberto Clemente was playing right field. Uh, I, I heard Joe Torre in an interview say, you want to know why? He said everybody brags about the arms of, of Roberto Clemente and a couple of other guys. Says because Hank always hit the cutoff, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was uh, extremely underrated as a uh, right fielder. But you're right, Steve. I mean, with Clemente, and there are so many great arms back then, Ollie Brown, the Padres. But, uh, and I think just his, his bat overshadowed his glove. Uh, you know, I think, you know, very, very solid outfielder. I'm not saying, you know, he wasn't playing center field like Willie Mays, but, you know, certainly a, uh, uh, you know, a, a great outfielder. It wasn't like he was a, uh, you know, taking him out for defensive purposes late in games or anything like that. He grew up with nothing along the way. Very poor background in Mobile. When you talk to him, Bob, how much did that shape him as, as a man and, and shape his philosophy of life? Well, he always talked about, yeah, not having anything, his mom raising him, you know, right, and things like that. Uh, I think he, you know, went to the Negro Leagues just to make some money for the family. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 
he says he would never take anything back. He, he was glad we grew up when he did, and uh, says he learned a lot from Jackie Robinson, the way he carried himself off the field. And uh, he said he wanted to have that kind of a legacy as Robinson. And sure enough, you know, he, he has. He really has. Now let's get to the fun, the, the fun part. A lot of people don't realize that Hank Aaron would get tickets and would sit in the dog pound in Cleveland because he was a Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> he, he would sit there with everybody else cheering. I think a lot of that would do probably because of Jim Brown early on. But still, I, I've always found that to be one of the most amazing facts about Hank Aaron. Yeah, I, I just saw something on uh, TV where uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was going to the Atlanta airport, and uh, someone yelled his name, so he turned around. It was Hank Aaron. He didn't recognize him. <laughs> but, yeah, so <laughs> Hank was a lover of all sports. He really was. He enjoyed the uh, uh, sporting world. Yeah, no, it's great. And I always thought that was great. He says, no, I go and sit in the dog pound thinking, you're Hank Aaron. <laughs> Right, you should right. be you should be in a suite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys like uh, you know uh, Bud Selig, you know, was commissioner, but he was the owner of uh, of the Brewers. I mean, they became very close. And he he tells the uh, he was just telling the story today where uh, just a couple of years ago in D.C. It must have been the All Star game with a walk along the street, and uh, Hank Aaron said to him, said, "Hey, whoever thought he." Uh, a kid from Alabama, a black kid from Alabama would break, you know, the all-time home run record, and then a Jewish kid from Milwaukee would become commissioner of baseball. <laughs> but let's tell that story. That's great. Hey, very quickly, uh, uh, everything's really odd right now, obviously, with COVID. I mean, I know I have to balance a Penn State basketball schedule the way it's going right now. Uh, so what does it look like for Major League Baseball right now? Any word about how they want to handle spring training? Any word about how they may, may want to handle minor leagues? Anything you know right now? Well, I know right now, uh, yeah, everything's all system go. So the Major League camp will open up February 17th with AAA players. And I believe some AA. The rest will okay. have to sit home until uh, April 1st when the season starts. Then they can go use the spring training uh, facilities. So their season will start late, uh, you know, uh, about a month late. And we'll see what happens, Steve. I mean, uh, you know, they're watching, keeping a close eye on the NBA. They're seeing these postponements. You know, they're scheduling seven double hitters again next year because they know they're going to have some, uh, you know, some COVID outbreaks again. And we'll see what happens in the spring. It's one thing to uh, follow all these regulations and protocols for a 60-game season. It's quite another to be, you know, going to Scottsdale, Arizona, and, uh, you know, cool places like Tampa and uh, Miami area in uh, Florida and you know and these guys just go back to their hotel rooms and condos without going out to dinner or going to bars uh, you know we'll see what happens I mean right now in Arizona this is where I live one of every nine uh, people in the state have COVID right now you know it's, it's, this stuff's not going away no it's not and very quickly you mentioned the seven inning double headers any word on rules? Will they keep DH this year? Things like that. Any change in rules? Well, the, uh, the runner on second base, the extra inning rule, that's going to come back again. And they're still okay. negotiating, negotiating the uh, DH and the uh, postseason, uh, expanded postseason. I think the DH is coming. I don't think there's any way they want the pitchers who haven't picked up a bat in a year to start running the bases and, and hitting, things like that. Too big of a chance for injuries. So, I, you know, they haven't announced it yet. I'd be shocked if the DH isn't isn't here in the National League in the, in the state forever. 
Please stay safe out there, Bob. Please stay safe, okay? I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for your time. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Be safe as well. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. I was going to bring up the Yankees, but again, I'm I'm getting I'm getting some reports about you know I, I know there's you know doctor patient confidentiality, but your blood pressure is an issue according to this email I got. <laughs> no, I'm fine with the Yankees right now. Well, you're not fine with your football team. I mean, they can't do anything right. Well, yes. See, the first step to recovery is admitting it. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. I'm well aware. (laughs) Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. The Hank Aaron was remarkable. And he passes away nine years of the day that Joe passed away. So, uh, the king, by the way, our, you know, not the home run king, but our king is up next. Um, I have to admit, though, that Unfortunately, somebody has objected to us calling him the king. And who would that be? The person inside the building who thinks he's the king. (laughs) This is my surprise face. (laughs) I just want to let you know, I I think it's... I I thought it was sad. I I, I thought it was a cry for help. (laughs) I actually didn't receive that memo. I I don't understand why you just wouldn't have assumed. Well, it's not surprising. I'm the king of this castle. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, uh... Basketball changes. Penn State won last night. Uh, they led by 18 at one point. Uh, they then, um, uh, Rutgers got it down to four, but Rutgers never had the ball with a chance to tie. In fact, Penn State kept playing really well offensively. Now, they had a couple of defensive breakdowns, but then Rutgers then, to their credit, just hit some really, that were actually well defended, really tough shots, and Penn State just kept playing. They turned it over 15 times in the first uh, 30 minutes of the game. But now you're talking about how do you close a game. Yes, Brockington didn't miss two free throws, but Penn State got the rebound. But the other free throws they took in the last four minutes were Seth Lundy and Myron Jones. They were 5 of 6 on those. That's good closing. And here's the other part. I mentioned the turnover part. Penn State did not turn the ball over the final 9.39 of the game. 
In other words, no live ball turnovers to fuel a comeback by the opposition. It's good basketball. Right there. We said before the game it was a line in the sand game that if they had any aspirations of doing anything with this season, they needed to win that game last night. They did. Now they have Northwestern tomorrow at 7. The change in the schedules now, Michigan is going to be in the Jordan Center on Wednesday, and Wisconsin will be a week from tomorrow in the Jordan Center. Then they go out to Cole. They're going to play Wisconsin back-to-back because Nebraska is still in a pause right now. Again, as we pointed out earlier in the week, watch for creative and inventive scheduling. Nothing inventive or creative here. Go to Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, because it's a big championship weekend that doesn't include any of Matt's teams. But some local ties. Brett Veach. And Tyler Pratt with the Buffalo Bills. Stefan Wisniewski. That's right. Yeah, he, he's back with the Chiefs. Or as the end zone guy, forgetting the eye, says the chefs. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket imports domestics microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. With that, we bring in the king. Shamalama ding dong, man. What up? <laughs> That's how we go into the weekend. I love it. That's right, baby. But. Sad day, Henry Aaron's passed. So, nine years to the day that Joe Paterno passed. Mm. How about that? Oh, they will meet again. Yes, uh, uh, two it, great, it, it, two great like men. Said, interviewed him once. Um, yeah. Incredibly classy, classy guy. Jeez, uh, ah, he just got his vaccine the other day. Yeah, he's on TV he's all, getting the vaccine. Well, he's also I think maybe five days ago, and he he did it so he could be like you know a poster boy for getting the vaccine. Yeah, shocking to see him pass, but well, eighty six. God, who just died a couple days ago? Oh, that was uh, Ted Thompson, the Packers GM. Ted Thompson. That's that's thirteen Hall of Famers, by the way, in baseball. Oh, yeah, Tom passed. Beaver passed a few weeks ago. Oh, Phil Necro, Mighty Don Ford. Sutton. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Don Sutton. That's the one I was thinking about. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm here. I can, I can come to this stuff. Yeah, you start to wonder, was there, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
Jose well, Canseco keeps going strong, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, well he's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, you got to read his book. I mean, you got to read his book. That guy cracks me up. That one, uh, Gonzalez, the tight end. What's Tony Gonzalez. Name? Say it again. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, Jose Canseco comes home from a road trip, and that guy's in bed with Jose's wife. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He's a real piece of work, I tell you. I watch him on, on the, you know, the football and all that, and I'm like, you know, you're a dirtbag. <laughs> you just, you, you define it. Yeah, I need to go you, vomit now. You put on this facade as you're such a good guy and all this. Good guys don't do that to their friends, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been through it, so I know what it's like. Anyway, bigger and better things. What a weekend for sports, huh? Oh, this is going to be fun. I think those two games on Sunday are going to be, I'm looking forward to it. It's tremendous. I think the right teams, very seldom do the right teams make it, you know. And yeah. You got the four best quarterbacks, the four best teams. Um, no question that they all deserve to be there. So going to be a good deal my prediction Brady wins Buffalo wins Brady beats Buffalo again <laughs> Buffalo fans just have a meltdown well I don't know this is a preview of the next segment they, they despise Brady's beaten them like 20 times well, yes. uh, very possible very huh? very possible um uh, I'm not. I'm not quite going to go that way, but I, you know, I didn't want to give it away yeah. too soon as to how I feel. You know, well, no, it's a twenty-five percent shot all the way around. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I hope Mahomes is healthy. So he's cleared to play yeah. officially. He's cleared protocol. Yeah, he's clear. Yeah, he's cleared to play. The yeah. only the, there's only one yeah, issue okay. about the the <laughs> one issue the one issue I have about Mahomes is not that it's how well he operates on that ankle. That's the part I want to see. His ankle or his toe? Uh, I think it's his ankle. Well, he got stepped on. So, I mean, I was he... watching the game. They said he got stepped on. So, and yeah. uh, they said it was the offensive linemen have really long cleats because it was muddy, and he got stepped on. But that may be an ankle at this point. I don't know. Uh, that's just what they said on the broadcast. I, well, he, that being said, that dude was knocked out, man. Did you see him when he walked? He stood up. His eyes were oh, rolling yeah. back in his head. And I'll tell you right now, you don't recover from a concussion that quick. No way. He's playing because the NFL was letting him play. Um, I I'm not a doctor, actually, but actually, you don't actually, I've get, get, I've got to. No, I, I have to disagree with you on that. And here's the reason why I why? disagree with you on that. Well, because I'm around this stuff. Yeah, uh, and, but there's and, not and a player that, in the league that gets a concussion and plays the next week, ever. They, they've oh, no, got I have. enormous no, lawsuits against it. them. I, I've well, seen I know, it, but the lawsuits are right in front of you. That if, he, if he gets cocked in the head again and goes down, are you kidding me? Oh, boy. There's the the coach, the league, and so forth. Believe it or not, have I think there's an assumption that all these people have power over what goes on. 
there's only two individuals that have power over this situation. The doctor, who, by the way, doesn't want their reputation wrecked, and the player. But he's got a new Lamborghini. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you know, but it doesn't. It, the coach has nothing to do with it at all. The coach has the, what, the least amount of power in this, and uh, and it's it really comes down to does the player, does the first of all, does the doctor and team athletic trainer do they believe he's okay because there's protocol and it's independent, and number two, does the player feel comfortable doing it? And Not a that. Concussion. Yeah, but I'm saying though, but they're the only ones that have power over it, and this is this is something that I think there's an assumption made that oh no, the league wants it. Oh, the coach they have like no power in this. If he's ruled out, he's ruled out. I mean, you in today's world of corruption, you believe that? Come on, I I do only Patrick Mahomes is the face of that league right now. They want him on that field. Yeah, but you got to remember. any other player, he wouldn't be playing this week. Yeah, but I'm around this, Kev. I know how it works. I see it firsthand with college players. How does it work? And I've seen players and they're ready to play in five days. If they go go through the week, if they you don't get a concussion and recover that quick, Kevin, those are walkthroughs. Okay, they're not. Okay, they're not full bore practices. There's several things that you have to do in concussion protocol, and one one of them is, okay, the headaches clear up and you feel fine, but that every every athlete will tell you, it's when they do the str- the stress test with the bike and things like that, and if you get through that for a couple of days, then you then you actually are fine to play. And I actually I've seen players that have had concussions, that have gone through the protocol, and have been able to play the next week because. It's the way it worked out. And believe me, the doctors are ultra-careful about this because they're so careful about concussions these days because they know so much more about this. I've just I've seen the process play out a lot. I believe you. Yeah, I, I just it, it's only, it couldn't again, have been a bad one. So I, mean, I have a granddaughter who's at five now, and each time it's it gets easier worse. to get the next one. Yep. It's fit, you are 50% more susceptible to a second one once you have a first one. Exactly. Call Troy Aikman. You know, it, it, it's... I, but see, when, when Troy Aikman I, played... He's a competitor. Were, he's going to play. So I just hope he's okay. So, when when Troy you know. Aikman had them and when Roger Staubach had them, and that's what really forced Staubach to retire, is they didn't have protocol like they have now. No. And the, and the they, protocols are so important. You know? So important. I mean, How's look. The, the, well, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Who's the linebacker from Boston College? The nut there. He ended up really whacked out. L- he was Keekley. a linebacker for San Francisco 49ers. Oh, you're talking about Bill Romanowski. Yeah. Is he still kicking around? Because he yeah, got a still, lot of he, concussions and had to walk yeah. away. And then he ended up really messed up. Well, you know, he's what from Ellington, Rockville, something like that. It's from yeah, Rockville, yeah, right? Rockville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him right. play in high school. We will come back with more in a moment. Our picks, although I think the king already opened the door to the dark room with his picks. Yeah, and 
Again, we'll take this break brought to you by Brewers Outlet to give Matt a little time to simmer down because the Eagles are not in the round because even though he feels that he's entitled to have his team there, they just aren't. <laughs> it's amazing what performance means. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. I was telling Matt, I said, I feel like I lead the league in temperature checks. Every time I turn around, I get my temperature taken. I'm starting to catch up to you. Well, what you need is blood pressure checks. <laughs> I'm just worried. Uh, I mean, I, lo- I love you. You know, it's it's uh, so I worry. Uh, uh, this, this eagle thing is just, uh, it's been scary. It's like I'm dealing with a totally different person. All right. Can you, can, can you, uh, I, I, we need out not only to know the records, but how did the dog do and is the dog participating? The dog is participating. I have his picks, and he only won one and three last week, yeah. so we beat him oh, pretty good. So <laughs> Stupid dog. <laughs> Look, oh, the, dog, the dog needed to finish last. Okay, just out of pride. I mean, as human beings, we could not lose to a dog. Yes. Although it's going to be tougher this week because with only two games, you know, you never know. So we'll see. But last I know, week. I'm wor- I'm, the pressure's on. That's right. But last week, Steve, you were perfect 4 0. King and I were 3 and 1. So that brings right. our grand totals to me, the lead dog, at 89 and 41. Steve at 83 and 55. And King, 67 and 60. Yeah, over 500, baby. <laughs> there you go. You are. I mean, down the stretch, I think you've been pretty hot. And remember, the dog is one. Oh, yes, yeah. he did. And the dog yep. is one and three, so you're ahead of the dog. I beat the dog. <laughs> baby steps. So, but it's a pit bull, and we'll tell him he won. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually a pit bull mix. Good boy. Good boy. Just, just so you know. You went one and three, but we think the one you picked was great. <laughs> yeah. Here's a ball. Good boy. <laughs> great dog. Good doggy. <laughs> I'll tell Laura that. All right. NFC Championship game. Here we go. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady trying to get to his 10th Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers trying to get to his second Super Bowl ever. King, you kind of give it a little way earlier, but we'll have you make your pick official. Well, I got to go with TV 12. I, it, it's gonna, it's a toss-up game and all that, but I, I've got to admit that anybody who would date and call their girlfriend Danica Patrick and then get broken up with cannot win. So I'm going with a guy who got the super bottle against a guy who lost it. You're getting as bad as bad as it gets. First, we go with the the mascot. Who can beat who? And now we're going with who they date. Yep. Killing me. Supermodel wins. Oh, come on. How could you date Danica Patrick and she breaks up with you? I think he's done pretty well without her. Huh? I think he's done pretty well without her. Oh, I don't know who he's with. I'm only kidding. I could care less who he dates. Uh, Anyway, Steve, who do you got? While it's logic, you really can't find a lot of fault with. Uh, <laughs> okay, here, if I'm Green Bay, this is this is the one part that, that I would worry about. 
And believe it or not, it's the officiating part of it. The default call in the NFL these days is what? Let's see how good the two of you are. What is the default call now in the NFL? Oh, roughing the passer. No. King? Pass interference. Close, but no. The default call in the NFL has now become, and this, and this is one of the reasons why scoring is as high as it is now, because this call keeps drives alive, drives alive, drives alive. Defensive oh, holding. holding. Ah. Defensive holding. Yes. Right? In the Saints-Bucks game, the biggest play of the game was the Cook fumble. Because remember, the Saints are up seven. They're driving to at least get a field goal. They're, they're driving to get up two touchdowns. And Cook fumbled. That was the biggest play of the game. But five times the Bucks had a drive kept alive by defensive holding. Just watch this, okay, to see how it plays out. I'm picking Green Bay. I think Green Bay's going to win by 10. But watch that default call. That really has helped Tampa Bay. That Interesting. Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards. So. Well, neither did Brady. The only Brady was one of five of passes over 20 yards, and the guy that caught it, I thought was going to call a fair catch. It was up there for such a long time. Yeah, well, hit, I wouldn't bet against a guy who was won six Super Bowls. <laughs> I, I, he uh, knows how to win these games. Oh. Yes, he does, and sometimes there is a limit to it. The yep. limit is being, and he, he is he is the reason last week's game was close. He didn't play that well last week. Boy, when the defense turned the ball over, he put it in the end zone. That's all your defense wants. Well, that's the key. I think Devin White's playing great for them defensively. Getting him back was huge. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the guy. Remember, LSU was going to play Alabama two years ago. He had to sit out the first half because of a of a um, of a targeting call in the previous game in the second half, which just changed that game and a shot LSU had because he's that good. He is excellent. <laughs> he is all over the field. So. Yep. It'll be a good game. Now, who you got? Well, here it is. Reality check for Tom Brady. I, <laughs> I, I think it's a close game still because I because I, I like the way Tampa Bay's been playing D lately, but the way Green Bay has controlled games lately down the stretch here, especially when they beat the Rams last week, th- there's no way you can stop that. So I'm I'm taking Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay and make Rich Carcella a happy man. There you go. <laughs> Who's the dog pick? Oh, the dog took Green Bay. I'm all, all, all. <laughs> 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 all right, AFC Championship game at 6:40. Buffalo looking to get back to the Super Bowl. Kansas City trying to get back for the second year in a row, keep the title defensive live. Mahomes is in. Steve, what you got? I've been saying Buffalo has been the best team the last six weeks. But to be honest with you, I think in the playoffs they played well but not great. I can say the same for Kansas City. I'm gonna, I'll am i go with the Mahomes factor. I will swing at Kansas City's way because of him. King. I'm going with Buffalo because of him. <laughs> I think Mahomes is hurt. Well, All I right. got Buffalo. I think without Mahomes, Kansas City cannot win. And the same thing without Josh Allen, Buffalo can't win. So I think the healthy quarterback wins the game. See, I this has been weird with Mahomes this week 
with the concussion. Because Andy Reid kind of alluded to like, well, he was put in there because he wasn't feeling well, but it was really more of the, the ankle. So who really knows how well he is? I think he's okay because he seemed like he was almost fine after afterwards. I think he would have known if it was serious. So I think Mahomes is actually going to be – I think he's going to be 90% at least in this game. And I think he'll be well enough to play and be a, and be a factor. And I think – and again, I just go back to the way the creativity in this coaching staff. They're, and they'll, they'll help – they'll put Mahomes in a better spot depending on – where he is health-wise. I think Buffalo has been a great story. I'd love to see them win, too. Either way, we'll have a local tie here as far as the Valley goes for selfish reasons. But I I just got to hand it to Kansas City right now in a close game. I'll say this. The three of the four teams that are in this are very creative offensively. I mean, very creative. The one that's not is actually Tampa Bay. Uh, yet they may have the best group of receivers of ever. Although Antonio Brown's out of the game, Antonio Brown is, evidently is not going to play. If anybody cares. Oh, what did the dog think? <laughs> the dog has Buffalo. Yeah, rough, rough. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Boy, good boy, come here. She get a little, get a little cookie. <laughs> I'll throw it to you. <laughs> All uh, right, me and the dog. And I was told I he will pick the Super Bowl too. A I reason to live. To my dog and dog. <laughs> oh. A reason to live. Yep. <laughs> the, there you the have it. The dog's gonna pick the Super Bowl. Great. <laughs> Why not? He'll be over ALS for two weeks. A, uh, uh, When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.